Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Today is week two of Christmas Classics. Last week was uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which was fun, enjoyable. We took it to a whole nother level with uh, Elf today. How many of you have never seen the movie Elf? Never seen the movie Elf? What's wrong with Wow, that's crazy. Welcome to America. We have all kind of stuff here, running water, bathrooms, the whole thing. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, You know, everybody needs to see Elf. I mean, it's just nothing. I mean, it's Christmas when when Elf shows up. Like, when he starts to sing, Bobby, I think of you. Why? I can't imagine why. Because it sounds like, I'm singing, I'm singing, like that. And I remember Man. when you wanted to sing on team, yeah. and, and Hector let you give that. It was, it Why was, are you bringing up all these bad memories? Well, because I love you. I, I, I want it's Christmas. It's I when appreciate, you remember things. I appreciate your pastor's heart. Thank you, buddy. God bless That's your awesome. ministry. That's that awesome. Is. Yeah. So the story of Elf, for y'all, is um, so Santa shows up at an orphanage to deliver his gifts, but he takes a break, you know, like Santa does, for, uh, for some snacks right? See, uh, I, I think Santa usually has like a Coke and powdered donuts. Yeah. Some of you are like cookies and milk, right? I mean, I, I can see that, but you know, it, he's there. And so he sets his bag of toys down so he can eat a little something. Cause you know, when you're Santa, you expend a lot of energy. You got to take do. up a lot of calories. Yep. And I mean, flying and doing like the chimney, all that thing is just exhausting. And so, um, so he puts a bag down and little baby boy by the name of Buddy climbs out of his uh, crib and into Santa's bag. And as Santa would do it, he doesn't know that he's in the bag until he's back at the North Pole. Yeah. You know, and then he begins to understand, wait a minute, I'm not like everybody else. Yeah. When you see that picture over there, that's a perfect example. So yeah. Buddy, you know, thinks yeah. he's an elf. He starts growing up around elves, but the problem is he just doesn't fit in. He ends up being like six foot four, ends up being 200 and something pounds, and he just doesn't fit in. So finally he finds out that his dad lives in New York City works at the Empire State Building. That's about all he knows. And then he starts this trip to try to find him and to try to reconnect with him. What are some of the places he goes through? Well, he... (laughs) Come on, you can say it. The twirly... Whirly? Whirly gumdrops. Yeah. You've never been there? I've never been there. Do you do that? Often. The candy cane forest. See if swirly twirly gumdrops. And then he ends up in Lincoln Tunnel. And so it's just crazy. But it's funny to see him leave that place, go to New York City, and experience it all brand new. And, you know, honestly, on a a morning like this, you'd ask, well, what does that even have to do with Christmas and a message and all of that? But uh, my wife, Laura, she loves this movie. I mean, she watches it every single year, probably multiple times. She's one of those people that when you say part of a line, she knows the rest of the line and she can just quote it. Right. And so three or four years ago, like the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. See? That's it. That's how it works. Well done, Laura. Yeah, she trained me well. And so I'm watching this movie, and honestly, so I knew I had to dress up as Buddy the Elf a few years ago. Wait a minute. That's kind of revisionist history. I had to. You had to. I had to. You volunteered. I had to to serve my pastor well. So I'm watching this movie. I'm like, there's got to be some inspiration here. And no lie, not to be cheesy, I'm watching this movie. And it really does dawn on me how this guy has so much excitement. Like it, with the raccoon especially. Yeah, that's a, I that, love this. That's an exciting scene. Nothing says Christmas like a raccoon to the face. Ready? Here we go. He needs a hug. 
That reminds me of deacons meetings. Yeah. Sorry exactly about that. Exactly like totally, that. Totally got But I love that. Every it. single scene, every single place, you see, if you look in his eyes, you see excitement, you see joy, you see this freshness. It's just captivating and it pulls you in. And so today, I want us to think about that. I want us to think about what does it look like to have that childlike aspect to our faith? What is it like to sort of recapture that excitement, that recapture that all things are new, that anything's possible? What does it look like to have that kind of faith that, that everything's great? And there's a lot of places you could look at this from, but one great passage is found in Mark chapter 10. Here's what it says, Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. It says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. So they think Jesus is too important for this. Verse 14. But when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Why? For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Catch that? Like these children. Well, what about them? He says, verse 15. I tell you the truth, that anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children into his arms, he placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. I can, I can picture the scene, can't you? Yeah. I mean, uh, the disciples are all around Jesus, and, and they are wrapped up in this belief that surely the Savior of the world, the Messiah who has come, has more important things to do than to sit here with these kids. I mean, they're, think, they're, they're thinking, wait, I, I need to bail Jesus out. He's too nice. He won't send the kids away. So we're going to tell the parents, what's wrong with you guys? This, this is the Savior of the world. This is Jesus, the coming King. He doesn't have time to mess up with your kids. And then Jesus does something that is so Jesus-like that we have to take notice. Yeah. He stops and he says, whoa, wait a minute. I need you grown-ups to learn to have a childlike faith like these children. Jesus isn't saying, I need you guys to act more, be more like these particular kids. What he's saying to all of us, not just them at the time, was I've called you to a childlike faith. I've called you into a time in which there, all of the worries and all the doubts and all the frets and all the, the wanted understandings that we adults have, shed all that and put it to the side. And by childlike faith, just come here because Jesus is saying without childlike faith, you're, you're going to miss the kingdom of God. You're going to miss the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus makes a point in here to talk about the word receive. He, he makes a point. Bobby and I were talking about this before church today, and I love this picture. When you go to the dentist and they lay you back in the chair and they've got those things they're ready to do torture with, I mean, cure you with in there, then what do you do with your mouth? Show me. Right? You open your mouth. Why? Because you're about to receive the treatment. All right? So uh, I'll never forget, Bobby, I saw this YouTube video a few years ago. There's this little Catholic kid that's in line to receive communion from the priest. Yeah. And, you know, in, in many of the Catholic churches, the priest will put it in your mouth, which is a little gross to me, but he does. And, and this kid is the last one in line. And clearly, the priest has done everything. And this poor little kid walks up. He's the last one in line. And the priest literally turns away and walks. He doesn't see him. Right? And I'm thinking, okay, that kid was ready because about the time the priest turned around, the kid goes, ah. You know? And no, nothing. Nothing. But when he talks about receiving, it's like, it's, it's like a gift. When you give me a gift, what am I going to do? I'm going to receive the gift. I'm going to open it. And then I'm going to say, oh, it's the perfect color. Fits every time. That's awesome. Because this is 
this is what it is when we receive, we're ready for it. We, we gladly do it. We don't second guess it. We receive it. That's what a childlike faith looks like. Yeah. So today, I, I think it'd be so helpful just for us to describe that. I mean, mm-hmm. what does that kind of faith look like? What does it look like to have that uh, just amazement, just that genuine excitement yeah. about faith? And so one of the characteristics of a child to have that kind of faith is number one, children are honest and they're transparent. Children don't have the filter that most, you know, the older we get, the more we begin to filter what we say. But there's something about a little kid and a really old person where that filter is gone and they just say whatever they're thinking. Yeah. So if you don't want to know the honest answer, don't ask them. Don't ask them. Like never, never look at a kid and say, hey, does this make me look fat? Yeah. Because I'm telling you, man, they're going to let you know. If you don't want to know, don't ask them. But now the same is true of an 85-year-old grandma. Yeah. If, if you go to an 85-year-old grandma and say, does it make me look fat? You know what she's going to say? Well, yeah, maybe. It's not the shirt. Probably. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they say exactly what they're thinking. So a couple of weeks ago, we went to lunch uh, with our friends. And as we're getting ready to leave the restaurant, I put my coat on that my wife picked out for me. And this little girl, four years old, says, his coat looks like a girl's coat. Okay, that's funny. I don't care. And that did so much for me. Thank y'all for laughing at me. That's funny. So I brought my granddaughter to preschool here Thursday. Yeah. And so I get her to the right place, and I'm walking out. I see Julie Whaley in the hallway. She's got a sweet little four-year-old girl next to her. And um, Julie is going to, she's going to be, you know, Julie, she's just nice, you know. So Julie looks down at the little girl, and she says, don't you want to say Merry Christmas to Pastor Chuck? And the little girl just as sincerely she could looked at me and said, no, I don't like him. As an affirming start to the day. Just bless the Lord right yeah. there, man. Yeah, yeah. I looked up her parents and prayed a curse on their home. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A, I couldn't do it. B, I didn't do it. Yeah. But I did think about it. They say exactly what they're thinking. Uh, like I just did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, exactly. Sorry. So that, that's an element of a childlike faith is to quit being so jaded and quit, you know, saying one thing, meaning something else but to just to be honest and transparent. And you see this throughout the movie. Um, one of the places you see this is when he meets, uh, so Buddy Elf's in New York, he meets this girl that works at the same department store he's at. And uh, man, he just, he believes anything is possible, even singing. So check out this clip. Why are you messing with me? Did Krumpa put you up to this? I'm not messing with you. It's just nice to meet another human who shares my affinity for elf culture. I'm just trying to get through the holidays. Get through? Christmas is the greatest day in the whole wide world! Please stop talking to me. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like someone needs to sing a Christmas carol. No way. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Thanks, but I don't sing. Oh, it's easy. It's just like talking, except louder and longer, and you move your voice up and down. I can sing, but I just choose not to sing, especially in front of other people. Well, if you sing alone, you can sing in front of other people. There's no difference. Actually, there's a big difference. No, no, there isn't. Wait. I'm singing. I'm in a store, and I'm singing. I'm in a store, and I'm singing. Hey! There's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. No, it's not. We sing all the time. No, it's not. Especially when we make toys. See? 
Attention all Gimbal shoppers, please make your final purchases. We'll be closing in 10 minutes. So, buddy, uh, everything to him is literal, just like a kid. I mean, a childlike faith is like, oh, I just take that at face value. Don't you know people that you, you, share, you, you share this affinity with that just know how to believe, that just know how to trust, that just know how to, how, how to just take life and not get so serious about everything, but we really can, can walk through, the, the, through life, a journey, and together. See, kids are trusting. I mean, they're, they're honest and they're transparent, sure, but kids are trusting. So sometimes we have, to be, we have to protect our kids from being too trusting in this world. I mean, that happens, but yet kids overwhelmingly are trusting. I, Bobby, I think one of the things that I love about when Jesus describes this childlike faith, part of what he's saying is, even though you can't understand everything, even though you can't wrap your head around everything, even though you can't describe or control everything, he is still God who sent his son to be born in that little stable and to be laid in a trough for a feeding station that he might be born so that he might die so that we might live. Yeah. And I look through all that and I think that it takes a childlike faith to be able to say, Lord, I totally need you. I believe you are the only one that can save me. You're the only one who came and paid the, paid the price for me to have salvation, to have eternity, to have heaven. And I love that concept. I mean, yeah. that they're honest, they're transparent, but they're trusting. And I think that's what the Lord calls us to, that yeah. we, we have a relationship with him that is trusting. Yeah, to take him at his word, to yeah. say, I don't have to have it all figured out. Exactly. But I'm going to trust what I see. I'm going to trust what I know. And you see this in the movie as well. Buddy trusts what people say. Yeah, I love the, this next clip starts with a scene where Buddy sees a sign out on the street that says world's best cup of coffee. Now, if you're a trusting kid, what are you thinking? <laughs> Way to That's go, it. right? Take a look. Coffee. Great job, everybody. It's great to meet you. Hi. Now come over here, boy. Sam. And every time it rains, it rains. And don't you know it's confident? Love it. Every time I see this clip, what I think about is uh, the world's greatest cup of coffee, then later in the movie brings his soon-to-be girlfriend to the place. He blindfolds her, sets her down in the booth, and gives her a cup of coffee. And he's like, so what do you think? And she's like, that is a crappy she cup does. of <laughs> coffee. And when I was in high school, I was in the marching band. 
So just picture that, the uniform. You the, got a plume? The feather plume sticking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to get a picture. Yeah, uh, I'll pray about it. Uh, so we always did the fundraiser, and we sold what was called the world's greatest chocolate. Right there through the band? Yeah, through the wow. band. We had the best ever chocolate. And then like two oh, weeks was it like ago. A buck? Yeah, a buck. Yeah, who knew? And uh, two weeks ago, some uh, of the neighbor kids came through, and they were selling the same thing. No. I was like, so many people bought it from me. I need to buy it. Yeah. And so yeah. when, when I read that, I was like, this is the world's greatest yeah. chocolate. Turns yeah. out. Not so much. Maybe not be. Not so much. <laughs> but I love how trusting kids are. I love how trusting, they take it at face value. And there's something about us that the older we get, the more of life we experience, right? The more, the more hardships or the ups and downs, something happens where that, yeah. that softness of our spirit, where yeah. we're just open to the possibility, somewhere along the way, we get a little bit jaded. Mm-hmm. We turn a little bit inward. And at some point we lose that element yeah. of that idea yeah. of trust. And man, I think this is a huge part of our faith. I agree. There's, there's something that happens and, and I don't know where the magic line is for everybody, but we tend to hit this place in our adult life where we, we, we worry about how we're going to pay for Christmas more than celebrating the birth of the Savior. We, we worry more about meeting everybody's expectation this month than we are about simply enjoying the beauty that Jesus came for us. Yeah. We, we, we're covered up in it. And yet, like in this next clip, I, I love it because uh, Buddy, his faith in Santa causes him to do something with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not okay just to say, well, it, you know, this is the way it is. Right. He's I, uh, excited. He's yeah, into he, it. He's, and because he's so excited, I mean, that childlike faith calls something up out of him. Yeah. Hey, guys, run this next clip because uh, when he meets the fake one, man, it gets ugly. Aren't you going to see this today? What's this? This is the most. Come by your house and no, watch it. No, it's not. Yeah. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. Santa. Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? 
Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay, go. That's the best line. You sit. I know. You sit on a throne of lies. Yeah. I think some people got stressed out during that clip. I know I they did. Like some, yeah. 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 For all of you that did, we have family counseling available on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Wednesdays are especially good because they include medication. So sign me up. So, you know, kids, part of what, uh, part of what I love about a childlike faith, the kids are naturally curious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, kids love to find out more stuff. Like a little boy or little girl comes to faith in Christ and, and, and man, all of a sudden they can't get enough. They want to know everything, right? right? One of the most fun things to do when you're counseling children is, is answer the question why, because it never stops. Yeah. Like my little grandson, he's four. So William, everything he wants to know now is why. So uh, he called me on the phone the other day and my daughter said, daddy, William just, he he says he's going to boycott and he's not going to eat peanut butter until he spends the night with you again. I was like, okay. So I got on the phone with William and I said, buddy, I said, why, why are you not eating peanut butter? He said, because I'm going to spend a night with you, Pop. And I, I said, well, that's awesome, but you need to eat peanut butter. He said, nope. You know what I know, Pop? I said, what's that? If I don't eat peanut butter, I get to spend a night with you tonight. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, see, he's curious. He's going to keep figuring something out. Somewhere in our adult life, we, we forgot the beauty and the curiosity of, of what happens when you get on this adventure with Christ where he calls this out of us to do something extraordinary. I believe it took a childlike faith for Peter to step out of a boat and walk on water with the Lord. Yeah. I believe it took, I t- believe it took uh, childlike faith and curiosity for the centurion to stop and say, Jesus, you're, you're the only one that can heal my little girl. Yeah. I believe it took a, a, a childlike faith and a, and a curiosity that first caused Zacchaeus to climb up in the tree, and then maybe even more so for him to climb down out of the tree with the Lord Jesus. I believe it took childlike faith for those shepherds to leave the hillside and make that short journey into Bethlehem because the angels have said, don't be afraid. I've come to give you good news, great joy. And, and it took curiosity, but it took childlike faith to leave those sheep, which they were in charge with and, and walk into and then worship the Lord Jesus in that stable. I, I think we have to ask ourselves this question. Is our faith calling anything out from us? Does our, does our faith give us a childlike energetic boost that says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Yeah. Do, we ha- do we have enough childlike faith and curiosity to say, Lord, I know I don't understand it all. I know I can't control it all. I know I can't explain it all. Yeah. But Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to walk with you. You have always been faithful. You always will be. This takes not only just curiosity, but it, but it takes a childlike faith, which I, I think is just beautiful. So on the one hand, isn't it good that you have grown-up problems? No, because most of them are solved with childlike faith. Yeah. But that sounds so counterintuitive to how we've been coached or educated. Yeah. 
I think one of the other characteristics of childlike faith is when you look at children, they're generous. Yeah. Right? I know there's times where kids are selfish and they want their thing and their toy, their deal. But at the end of the day, I think kids are much more giving than we are as adults. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, somehow this posture of I live life with open hands and I'm open, I'm generous and what I have, I want to give. I mean, whenever a kid, whenever I've been around a kid that sees a need in another kid's life, when they're around a kid that's being picked on or any of those things, generally that kid wants to help that kid. That, that kid that sees that wants to be part of the solution. But somewhere along the way, we begin to become so self-focused that those open hands be, begin to curl yeah. up into yeah. fists and we just hold so tightly. And man, one of the things about a childlike faith is they've received this free gift that comes from God and they have that with such that open transparency that we talked about that they live lives with open hands. And what I find fascinating about this is that these four characteristics of childlike faith that serve us so well when we're young, mm. those can be the same things that, that cause us to lose that childlike yeah. faith yeah. the older we get, yeah. where we do the opposite of these things and we ask ourselves, man, where has that childlike faith, where's it gone? It, it does lead us to a question though, that, that is what happened, yeah. to our, to, what happened to our childlike faith? Where did it go away? How did we lose that? What, what caused it in our life to fall apart? Uh, when, when, I was a, when I was a little dude, about first grade, Bobby, this kid on the, on the recess playground, his name was Mead McCrory, I'll never forget it. And Mead, uh, Mead grew up in one of those homes where, you know, the, you don't do the Santa thing, you know? But, and he was always that kid that had to say everything early so that right. all the rest of us could freak out. Yeah. So I'll never forget, first grade, and uh, Mead and I were playing on the, in the, in the, in the, on the little basketball court thing there, and um, Mead is just popping off about all that. And I don't know what happened to me, so I just punched him in the nose. I mean, I just, I laid him out right there. You punched him in the nose. Yeah, in love. And, in love. Um, but, but I got three spankings for it. That's back in the day when you get corporal punishment yeah. in school. And I was kind of used to it, so I got three spankings. Surprising. And, and then I had to hang around. Like when everybody else walked in and out of recess the rest of the week, I had to stand there at the door, you know, and wave to everybody. You get thrown in jail for that today. But, you know, what, what happened was we forgot the wonder of it. Yeah. When I was a kid, we, uh, we learned a song, Jesus Loves Me. How many of you remember Jesus Loves Me? You remember that? Sing it with me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Come on now. There you go. Me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. There's one word in there that describes how we leave being children with faith to being adults with doubt. And this one word in there is just four letters, weak. Hmm. We are weak, but he is strong. You see, as a kid, you know you're totally dependent. When something's wrong, you, you find mom or you find dad or you find grandma or you find granddad. When, when something's wrong, you have no problem being dependent on the fact that I need God. I need the Lord Jesus. I need that in my life. Somewhere we move from being dependent into being independent. Yeah. And, the, and the closer we try to move toward independence, the further away from God we grow. Yeah. And you say, but I thought, I thought we, were, we were built for this. No, we were built to be in desperate need of God. We were all birthed with this God-sized hole in our heart that only he could fill. 
And so in the midst of this, we lose our childlike faith, I think, when we leave from the sense of I'm totally dependent and I move into a season where I believe now I'm completely dependent. I am weak. He is strong. I look at through all that and I think to myself, you know what? We teach our kids. We want you to grow up. We want you to be tough. We want you to be able to, to be able to, to handle it on your own. And yet, sometimes we forget that we also want to never rob from our kids or from our own lives this childlike faith. What happened to it? Hmm. We moved from totally dependent to striving in our entire adult life to be independent, yeah. only, come, only to come to the end of that rope and know that the only way I can enjoy the kingdom of heaven, the only way I can enjoy the presence and the power and the peace that comes with Jesus is to be fully dependent again on him. Yeah. And that's childlike faith. Yeah. So as we talk about this, I'm, I'm always running it through the filter. Well, what about me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to talk about in general, people not having childlike faith, but then to ask this question, this season of my own life, what happened to my personal childlike faith? Yeah. Because, man, we can miss it, right? We can Badly. breeze right through the season and totally miss it. And so we started thinking about what are, what are some ways, what are some ways that we can return to that childlike faith? And I think the first one is simply receiving the free gift that God gives us. Yeah. Just to receive it, just to have open hands and say, I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. There's nothing, I, I can't attend church enough. I can't give enough. I can't serve enough. I can't try to be a good person enough. There's nothing I can do to earn that free gift that comes from God. And honestly, I've met people that are good at giving gifts. They're they're good at giving gifts to other people, but they're terrible at receiving it themselves. And this is where it starts. That childlike faith is I've got nothing to give, nothing to offer. I just received that gift of God's son that he died on the cross for me. So it starts there. And then I think a close second piece to that is to be humble, mm. to be humble, to recognize I have a need for him. I have, I, I have a need to come to God totally dependent like you're talking about. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, a similar passage. In Matthew 18, verse 3, Jesus says to them, he says, I tell you the truth, that unless you turn from your sins and you become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So everyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And that's so counterculture. Yeah. And our culture is all about moving up the ladder. It's about amassing a lot of stuff. It's about being important to the people around you. But man, Jesus says it's the opposite. Yeah. It's about becoming like a child and the children are the greatest. Yeah. I mean, Jesus flipped this totally upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Where everybody else is working their way up the ladder, Jesus turns the ladder upside down and says, I did not come to be served, but I've come to serve yeah. others. Yeah. And he modeled that. He modeled that humility. And then a third piece that comes right behind both of those is to say that we're going to become dependent and we're going to become submissive yeah. to whatever God's plan is yeah. for our life. And that fight for independence is the world revolves around me. I'm on the throne. Yeah. And I remember an old preacher saying years and years ago, he said, if you want to get along with God, then stay off his throne. Wow. And I think that's right. That is right. Yeah. That in my own life, I can see the times I get frustrated, the times that I'm stressed, the times that, man, just doesn't feel like I'm having a good day. If I get to the root of that, a lot of times it comes down to, I want to be in control. I want to be in control of my schedule. I want to be in control of my finances. I want to be, and it just goes on and on and on. 
And at the center of that problem with control is I need to submit to the one that really yeah. is control. That's yeah. the best way to get I, back to this. Faith. And I, I think we would just based on our own life experiences would say it's the only way. Yeah. I mean, the only way that we, we discover peace in the midst of all this chaos is this ability to say, whoa, wait a minute. I, I'm willing to submit my will to the will of my creator. And in the middle of all that, I, I'm willing to simply obey and trust and believe like, like children. You know, when we said children are honest and transparent or children are curious or children are trusting that this is, this is the prescription for you and I to return to our childlike faith. This ability to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going yeah. to, I'm overwhelmingly, I'm going to surrender to you. I, I'm totally dependent on you. I don't need to have it all figured out. Yeah. I don't need to be able to diagram yeah. it all. I don't need to, I don't need to know it all. Yeah. But what I do need to know is that free gift exactly. that comes and from God. I, I think we just get so hung up on the fact that, wait a minute, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Me either. I mean, me either. I, I can't imagine how God could love me so much that he would send his own son to die for me, to take a, a brutal death and raise from the dead to go to heaven to create a home just for folks like us. And I, when I think about that, I think to myself, this is childlike faith. So at the end of the money, uh, even the movie, Buddy, um, money. He's, yeah, in, he's, money's at the end of the movie. And Buddy is in Central Park. He's running away because he doesn't think dad wants him there anymore. And dad's been kind of brutal. He got in the way of business and you know, his brother's freaked out. And you know, so there he is. And he runs across Santa and Santa is having trouble with a sleigh because there's not enough belief to cause the reindeer to be able to fly, you know, like reindeer do. And so uh, he's, trying, he's trying to help Santa build, uh, you know, this little rocket powered thing because there's not enough, you know, strength. There's not enough belief in the clausometer inside of the the, the sleigh. I just sounds so stupid to say that. And um, my car doesn't have a cause on Me either. I yeah. want one though. Yeah. And um, sounds good. And so, what? Well, just watch. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Try this in the office tomorrow. Yeah. He sees you when you're sleeping. She sounds he a little bit like you, Bobby. When you're awake. I sound great he in the show. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is
Still no sign of Santa, but some spontaneous Christmas caroling has broken out right here in front of Central Park. Let's have a listen in. When you're sleeping, he knows if you're for sure what happened this Christmas Eve in Central Park. So, wasn't it crazy how belief is such a captivating thing? I mean, it's contagious. But you know what else is contagious? What, adulthood is contagious. Well, how are you today? I'm tired. Are you ready for Christmas? No. Because somewhere along the line, that we lose this childlike wonder and this childlike faith. Because see, part of what childlike faith says is, I'm going to trust you, Lord. When I don't understand it, when I can't explain it, when my life is out of control, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, it seems like it would be so easy, but it's not, is it? How are you going to pay for this? What am I going to do about my job? What happens if our marriage doesn't make it? What about my kid? Is he gone, is he gone forever? What am I going to do for a job? Gosh, I miss mom and dad. And it just goes on and on and on. But a childlike faith has this ability to look into the eyes of the Savior and say, but it, it's all okay. I know he's got me in the palm of his hand. You see, that other kid's song goes like this. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. And he's got you too. So that you might be able to say, Lord, with childlike faith, I know it'll all be well. I can trust you. Because the Bible told me so, and the presence in my heart tells me so. Because you are always good. Father, thank you for a childlike faith. God, would you uh, breathe into us the encouragement that you are always there, that it will always be well with our soul when you sit on the throne of our heart. God, call out of us the ability to live in childlike faith this day. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.